All right, here we go. <clears throat> Today's Dabba Daf Mem Gimel, but uh, we're quite behind. We have uh, lots of ground to cover. So we're in the middle of Daf Mem Beis, Amud Beis, right smack dab in the middle of the Amud. If you look at Taisvis uh, on the right side, Taisvis, which begins with the word Ma, the big word Ma, Kishachayev Ben Chayrin, and you move over into the Gemara, that line, the last word on the line is Amar Leirav Zera Leirav Asi. Okay? Amar Leirav Zera. Lerav Asi, this is, uh, this is what we are up to. And the, the question is that if somebody's ox killed an Eber Kanani, okay, killed somebody else's non-Jewish servant, so you have to pay a 30 sella penalty. The question is, <clears throat> does it depend on whether the ox is a Tam Ramud on where that payment comes from? Because in general, Tam payments come from the body, Muad payments come from the best of your property, even if it's not the body. So the Shiloh over here is, when it comes to this specific payment of an Eved, is that also included in the uh, general rules of, of uh, where the payment comes from? Or do we say that if, let's say, there's, let's say even by the case of a Tam that kills an Eved Kanani, the owner of the uh, Eved would only be able to collect from the body and not the property or not, Okay. So we're coming off of an assumption that the owner can always collect even if the body is not there. When it comes to the 30 sella payment of, of uh, Neva Kanani, the, the payment is made even from the best of his field. That's the assumption that we're coming off of. And that picks up again, last word on the line, halfway down on Membez, on Membez. Here we go. Amalei Ravzeira Ravasi, Ravzeira said to Ravasi, Already, really it means like he removed the sharpness from his gzeira, from his gzize, from his shearing. All right, which means that uh, Rabbi Akiva limited his psak. Now, what is that referring to? The time we learned in Abraisa. Rabbi Akiva says, I would think that when a Tom damages somebody, regular case of Tom damaging now, the owner also of the victim, the victim could, can always collect from the best and not just the body. Excuse me, it says, like this, halacha, you do with it. You always collect from the value of the body of the ox and you do not take from the uh, property itself. So Rabbi Kiva already holds that anytime there's damages brought, you're only going to pay from the body. Ella Omar Rava, rather, says the Gemara, Rava says, let me explain what Rabbi Kiva is saying, Itchrich, I would say like this, I was something incredible. If the ox kills a Eved, and this ox is a muad. Again, keep in mind all these um, premises. The ox is a muad. The ox would go and kill the Abed Kanani. I would think that's more strict than if the ox damages a regular yid. Why? Or kills a regular yid. Why? See, when it comes to somebody who's not an Abed, if the guy's worth... One seller. Now you can't really put a value on a life, but let's say you have somebody here who's got one foot in the grave, another one in a banana peel. He's he's go, he's going in. He's a geisus, we'll call him. 
And he's not a guy says, the, the ox is not going to be chayev, but he's somebody who's atat. Can this guy be sold on the slave market for anything? No. Maybe a seller. But if your ox goes and kills this guy, what are you going to have to pay as far as we'll call damages? A seller. But if, if you would kill an Evakanani in this situation, how much would you pay? 30 seller. Because the Torah always says, by an Evakanani, you pay 30. So in a sense, you find the strictness or at least you can find the case where an ox killing an Evid Kanani can be more strict than your ox killing a, uh, a regular person. So Ben Chayrin, you have a nice and seller. If by a Ben Chayrin, if it's worth us, if the guy's value on the market's worth a seller, you pay a seller. Shleishim, if he's worth 30, you pay 30. The Evid, you have a seller nice and shleishim. And Evid, even if he's worth a seller, you're going to pay 30. nami, demay Evid menaliyah. And therefore, I'll say, since we're strict by an Evid, I'll tell you what else you could be strict on. That when you pay for the ox, even if it's a tam, you should have to pay from the best. Because we're strict on the payment. So somebody I'm strict that you pay a flat 30. I'll be strict to say, you don't only pay from the body, you pay even min aliyah. So therefore says Rabbi Akiva, Kamash Malon, Kasab Rachmana, the Torah comes along and says, Balashar Naki. No, the owner does not need to pay, um, uh, does not need to make that payment. There's no obligation. Tanik Kavasi, the Rava, we have a Brisa supporting Rava's approach to Rabbi Akiva. Again, Rava was explaining Rabbi Akiva. And the Gemara says we have a Raya, we have a proof from a Brisa supporting Rava the Amira. Bala Sharnaki, the owner of the ox is clean, which means there's no involvement at all. Rabbi Akiva, he does not need to pay the value of the Eved. Now, what does that mean? What about the logic? What about the Kabachimer? Why? Uh, you know, uh, the same way you're by evident and you're by ben chayr, you go hand in hand. ben by Just like when we said, when the ox kills a person, we make a difference between a tam and a muad, and you're going to have to pay kaifer. You're going to have to make a full payment. So too, when we're holding the owner of the damaging ox responsible for the evan, it should be a difference between the tam and a mood. And I should say, when do you pay kaifer? Only when the ox is a mood. And another kavachaymer will be yuma ben and Just like when it comes to a ben when it comes to a free animal, that you give the entire value for for kaifer when it kills a ben chayren. We still make a difference. <coughs> in the payment between the Tam and the so by an Evid where there's a flat fee there's only a flat fee and it should we say the same logic that there should be a difference between a Tam and a Mord I just want to explain what this means see before we said the fact that an Evid plays a flat 30 should be a strictness it's also a leniency because if the Evid's worth 60 you could pay 30 right so you, you view it both ways that's the where it's coming from um in um, it says, I'll tell you that's wrong. Maybe it, it's considered a strictness on a servant more. Like we said before, therefore, I would think that maybe the owner, even if it's a time animal, should be obligated for killing the Evid. And this is Mamish. What we just learned before, right? This is the exact Gemara that we said before, which was Rava's approach to Rabbi Akiva. And since this is a Brisa, taking pretty much Rava's words almost verbatim, so we have a Brisa supporting Rava, <clears throat> and the Gemara is walking away, assuming that Rava's approach to Rabbi Akiva 
is correct. Okay, now the Gemara is going to completely shift gears. Okay, so let's clear up. What the Gemara is going to do now is that is just go into the, not just, the Gemara is going to go into the various psukim surrounding laws of animals damaging. Okay, it's all written in similar part, in the same parsha. Now we're going to get into the psukim and, uh, and make all these uh, drushas. Really fascinating uh, Gemara ahead of us with lots of uh, uh, different nekudos, different uh, foundational ideas that come out. So here we go. Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis learned it socially. Behemis ish ayisha. The ox kills a man or a woman. Okay? It doesn't say the ox kills a human. We mention an ish or an isha. Why do you got to tell me that you're obligated when your ox kills a woman? If it's telling me that you got to pay for a woman like a man. Already spoke about an ox scoring a man or a woman. That's the same halacha. So why do you got to mention isha isha again? Rather, the reason why I'm mentioning it again is to connect a woman to a man. What does that mean? Incredible. The same way when an ox gores a man, and let's say he dies, his estate can collect his damages. So too by a woman. If an ox gores a woman, and she ends up dying before collecting, her uh, her mishpacha uh, inherits her. Now, as opposed to what? As opposed to what? The husband. Because usually when a wife dies, the husband's the number one inheritor. The husband inherits. Besides, for the property that she brought into the marriage. Right? She, there's something called Nechsei Malug and Nechsei Tzern Barzal. She's got pre-existing properties. That's going to stay within her, that's going to go to her family. But in general, whatever comes in during a marriage is going to go to the husband. The husband's going to inherit her. Over here, if an ox damages a woman, says the drasha, if the ox damages a woman, her family's going to get that too, and not the husband, even though usually he inherits everything that's, uh, that's coming to her. Does Rabbi Kiva really hold that the husband does not inherit her damaged money? <clears throat> Is that true? I don't understand that. The husband inherits the wife. He inherits her. This lets us know that all husband inherits his wife. The Rebbe Kiva is the words of Rebbe Akiva. So why over here would it be different? Where do we say that the husband does not inherit his wife? That is on the kofar penalty, which means like this. An ox kills a woman. The owner of the ox has to pay for damages. The owner of the ox has to pay for kofar. So the de- the... Let's say any damages that goes to the woman before, that, that let's say she didn't collect and then she dies, that's going to go to the husband. But the kaifer payment, that goes to her family. Says the Gemara. Um, why? Hoyel, since the ein mishtalim el lachermisa. Since the kaifer is only paid after she dies. So it's considered property that's not yet hers. See, you can't acquire kofer for yourself. Because kofar is only if you are dead. So since she's not here and she never acquired it, it's something that's going to be coming future into her estate. And a husband does not inherit things that are not currently in her estate. Okay? My time, huh? Why? Now the Gemara's question over here, um, according to Rashi, is as follows. It's actually a deep question. 
which is like this. If an ox scores a woman, she doesn't die right away. Let's say it takes her a week to pass away. So during that week, we kind of expect the kaifer to come because she's, she's uh, on her way out the door. Sigmar is asking, but if it's so clear that she's out the door, why don't we even consider it like the kofar payment is, is already like it's collected as part of her estate, if you know it's coming, if you're, if you're so sure that it's there, allow it to like be part of it. Says the Gemara, no, because the Pasuk says by, a, uh, by an ox, which is a mud, when the ox kills a man or uh, uh, um, yeah, the ox kills an isha isha, a man or a woman, the Allah is a shar yisakel, the ox gets stoned, the gamba of yumas, the owner gets put to death. Im kaifer If there's kaifer, which is uh, established uh, is established on it. Okay. And Bani Zakin Layamar Bakiba doesn't write this If if somebody hits a woman and it uh, and the the uh, fetus. Miscarried, nice and lazak vatsarli isha. The luck is you got to give damage and pain that goes to the woman who may vladis the baal. The value of the fetus goes to the husband. Name baal nice and the yarsh. If there's no husband, it goes to her fa- it goes to the husband's family. Ainia isha nice and the Let's say the, the woman eventually dies. So then it's going to go to her family and not his family. Haisa shivcha vinishtakhara. If the uh, if she was a shivcha kananis that had a miscarriage. But she was freed. So then we have an issue because who's the father of this child? Who's the father of the fetus? In Eved Kenani. She's Shifcha Kenanis. So the, the father is not really uh, connected much. So there's no real rights. Let's say she's a Gieris. So the Allah is Zacha. So then whoever damaged is not going to have to pay. He's, he kind of like lucks out. In this uh, in this situation, it's like one of the scenarios that unfortunately somebody did something wrong, but there's no real consequence that uh, that could be brought. But why is the Gemara bringing all this down? How does this all connect? Because you see from over here that the same pasuk that teaches me that a husband does not get kaifer also teaches me he does not get other damages, even though it's going to come about during uh, even though it's going to come about during her lifetime. So you see that the two really should go hand in hand. Amar Rabba, Rabba explains, Begrusha, no, maybe the case of the Bryce is dealing with a woman who's divorced, so there's no husband, okay, a husband obviously doesn't inherit uh, a woman that he's no longer married to, but let's say they are married when she dies, so then he would inherit it, but the Bryce which says you don't, is dealing with a, um, is dealing with a divorced woman, it's a divorced woman, okay, simple way out. Right to explain the differences. Amri, they said, Grusha nami vladis. Very nice, but even if she's a divorcee, let her split the uh, value of the fetus with her husband. I'll tell you why. Because Lamaisi, he's the father. Let's say you have a couple, she conceives and they get divorced. <clears throat> so let them split it. They're no longer married, but, uh, but nobody should have, uh, the, the, nobody here should be the only one who has rights to the payment. So why do we say that he's the one who's going to be, who's going to receive the, the payment for the fetus? Amar of Papa. Papa says, the Torah gives the value of children 
to the father, Afilu Nos, even if they weren't married. Fascinating. In other words, like this. When it says in the Torah that a woman who miscarries because she was punched, right? somebody kills the fetus, you got to pay the father. Does it say anywhere in the Torah that they were even married? No. Doesn't even mention. That's our assumption. There's an assumption. But it, the Torah doesn't say it. It says Rav Papa, which means that when do you need to pay the father for the value of the fetus? Even if they were mazana. They don't need to be married at all. It's not do a marriage. The rights that the father has to the value of the fetus has nothing to do with being married. My timer, why? Omar Kronk, it says in the Pesach, it says, as the husband of the woman creates the, uh, what's the word over here? Um, when you um, when Bezdin creates the value, uh, we figure out the value of the fetus. We establish the value of the fetus. Okay? So who's the one who's necessary to be involved in that? The husband. Now, the the word Baal seems to imply also that he's, uh, he's the one who had relations with her because uh, anybody who has relations with a woman is called a Baal. So when it says... Kasher Yoshalav Baal Ha'isha. So the, the word Baal is anybody who impregnated her is going to have access uh, to the money. Who says that the word Kasher Yoshalav Baal Ha'isha means anybody who made her pregnant? How do you know that? Maybe let's explain this b'risa in, in a case where we collected money. If let's say the uh, the woman dies. Uh, and, according, and, and, the, and according to Rav Nachman, what's the case going to be? Where they already collected karka. When they already collected karka, it's no longer going to be from assets that are coming into her estate. It's already considered something that's part of her estate. Rabba, Rabba, uh, Rabba says the, the following when it comes to inheritance, which is, which is like this. And I just want to give a quick preface to, Rab, to Rabba's statement because it's a new... It's coming out of left field. What Rabbi says is like this. There's a law when it comes to inheritance that the firstborn, the Bechar, gets double portion. Okay? And the older, I should say the older, the, more, the longer I live, the more I realize why the older one deserves double portion. Okay? There's, my mother would say, because you're the uh, parent guinea pig for being parents, Right and never been, you know, as as each child reaches the next stage of life, you've never had a child. As your oldest child, you've never had a child reach that stage before. So uh, you know, it's a it's a new thing that was that was here. But th- there's ob- you know, th- there's more than that as well, which is there's a responsibility. The, the responsibility comes along with it. So the, the owner gets uh, the, the oldest gets pishnayim. A lot of people nowadays practically are very makbid on that also to fulfill this mitzvah in order to keep shalom, very, very often people don't give a double portion financially for what they leave behind, but they'll leave certain things. Uh, for example, my father, Zechariah Levracha, um, in order to fulfill the, the mitzvah in the Torah, and my mother was still around, so he left everything. Uh, and his sabah, everything goes to uh, his wife, obviously, first. Um, but he wanted to be out to the mitzvah, so he said his farim, his farim, the, the Bukhar should get double portion of the farim, get, get uh, pishnayim. But be it as it may, there's no pishnayim from general 
property that's going to be coming in. So, uh, you know, if, if there's future investments that are not yet here at the time of death when it's being handed out, that's not included in uh, that's not included in Pishnai. So, when it comes to real property, the firstborn gets a double portion because it's considered like you have a lien on it, even if it's really not here. When it comes to money, no, there's no uh, there's no double portion. says if it's collected in money, then he does get double portion. Money we do consider to have been in the possession of the deceased. Uh, if it was coming to them, but if the payment is collected from karka, if it's collected from land, then he does not have right to pishnayim, because the bottom line is the land wasn't here at the time of the death of uh, the deceased, and therefore it's only considered something that's roi, something that's fit to come in. Okay, now, what's the difference between Rabbah and Rav Nachman? How do they explain the difference between whether or not you have it? You, you got pishnayim. They're getting, they're getting all caught up in Karka, in money. Let me tell you something. Says the Gemara, one second. According to our previous approach, we could just say that the case where um, you do get from when the woman dies is when you're married. And the case where you do not get when the woman dies is when she was not married. We don't choose that as an option, uh, as an option of a way to explain the brisa. The way we're explaining the brisa is, oh, well, this type of thing. We're going to argue about what's considered roi, what's considered an asset that's going to be coming in, uh, you know, that could be coming in. So you see from over here that Rav Nachman considers karka to be something which is roi, something that's that's fit to be coming in. Amri, they said, No, that was all said according to the people of Eretz Yisrael, according to the uh, Rabbanon who hold that in general, anything that's not yet paid off, any loan that's not yet paid off is considered roy. But over here our conversation is Karebi, going according with Rebbe. Rebbe holds that if you ever lend money to somebody, the money that you lend them is still considered in your possession. Okay, which means other person has rights to use it, but the ability to collect is already uh, is considered like it's already in the uh, amongst the nechassim of the deceased, amongst the property of the deceased, and hence it would be inherited by the husband if he would be married with to to this woman at the time of death. Okay, back to the case of Eved Ivri. Amr of Shem Ben Lakish, Shor Shemis Eved Shlavikavana, if an axe kills an Eved Ivri unintentionally, Potter Mishleishim Shkolim, there's no 30 shekel penalty. Shinamar Kesar Shleishim Shkolim, Yitin Ladana, Bashar Yisakal, Kozman Shashar Beskila, if the axe gets killed, Abayla Mishalim Shleishim Shkolim, then the owner needs to pay the 30 shekel fine, Eina Shar Beskila, or the 30 shekel payment. If the axe does not get killed because it wasn't done intentionally, then Eina Balim Mishalim Shleishim Shkolim, the owner does not pay. 30 shekel. Amar Rabba Rabba says, Shor Shemes ben Chayr Shlai B'Kavana Potter. Here we go. An axe that kills a ben Chayr Shlai B'Kavana is Potter. When do we say an axe is Chayav Misa? When it purposely goes at the person. Let's say the axe is practicing uh, goring trees and the person stands in front of the tree and it kills the person. Okay, so there's no Chayav of Kaifer. Shemar says, Shor Yisakov Gambal of Yuma, some Kaifer Yusha Solov. Kols Man Shashor B'Skila, Baal Mashalom Kaifer. Ina Shor B'Skila, if we don't kill the axe, Ina Baal. Mishalom Kaifer, you do not have to pay a Kaifer. Eswe Abaya, by a challenging question. Hey, Mishari has plenty. If somebody says, My axe killed Yankel, Aishari Shafani, or my axe killed Yankel's axe, Araiza Mishalom Alpiatzmai, 
you do need to pay because you are uh, you're obligating yourself. My love, Kaifer, aren't you paying Kaifer? So you see that Kaifer is a full-fledged payment. It's not just a, like a, a fine. Um, it's referring to the, uh, the damages. You come and say you're damaged or your ox damaged, you're going to have to pay. Okay. If we're dealing with just the damages, let's say the Seifa. If you say, my axe killed Yankel's Eved, you do not need to pay the 30 shekel. Okay? Now, so what? The E Domim, if the 30 shekel penalty is for damages, am I light? Why aren't you paying? You just said your axe killed Yankel's Eved. So if it's a regular payment, you're saying you're obligated. Why in the world? Would we not obligate you? We don't have my life. He says, I'll tell you why. Because he could say to him, the, uh, the, um, I'm sorry, not he could say to him. Amar lay, so he, he says back to Abaye, Yechilna, I want, if, if I'm able to. I'm sorry, I thought the owner of the ox is talking to the owner of the servant. No. Over here it's, Yechilna, the Shuyilach. If I want, I could answer you. One part of the mission is dealing with damages, and one part, and then when you get to the servant, is dealing with the knas. However, I don't like that answer. If I want, I wiggle out that way, but I'm not going to do that. Rather, I'll tell you like this: We're dealing with damages in both cases. Ah, why the discrepancy? Top of Amadez. However, Ben When it comes to an axe killing of Ben you pay Kaifer, even. When you admit by yourself, you can find the case. Now, otherwise, by when your axe kills an Eben, or uh, I'm sorry, yeah, when axe kills somebody pays thirty sella flat. You're just going to pay the flat, thir- the fl- uh, flat thirty shekel. I'm sorry, um, but when a, your axe kills a ben, uh, ben Chayrin, a regular person, it's going to be a kaifer penalty, and this kaifer penalty could apply even if you admit by yourself, which means it wouldn't be a standard situation of a knas. In what case? Let's say witnesses come and say that the ox killed. But the witnesses do not know. They could identify the ox in a lineup. But they don't know the previous status of the ox. They don't know whether it was a, a tam or muad. Now what's the difference? The assumption right now is that if it was a tam that killed, there's no call for a pay- payment. If it was a muad that killed, there is a call for payment. So now, notice... If the witnesses don't know if the ox was Tom Ramur, can they testify that you have to pay Kofer? No. They can testify it killed. Can they testify to a Kofer payment? That's it's previous history. I don't know. Uh, you know, I wasn't around. So, Va'amar Mare, the owner of the ox says, Tumuru. says, you saw it, Gor. I have to be Maida. I have to admit, listen, the, the ox was a Mu'ad. Yeah. In such a case, witnesses are testifying that your ox killed. You're the one saying it's a mur, so the kofar penalty is going to come through your own mouth. Okay? But let's say there's no witnesses at all saying that a gourd. He's the one who says my axe damages. So then he's going to pay four damages. When it comes to an evet, where you don't pay the 30 shekel if you admit to yourself, by yourself, for example, the Yosu Eidem Asadi Bei Dekato. If witnesses come and say your ox killed Yankel's Evet, Vlayadi Tama Avimura. We don't know its previous history. Vyomar Mari Muadu, and the owner says it's a Muad. Like Mishalim Knas Al Piatzmai, that Knas is not paid um, 
by his own admitting, and when there's no uh, witnesses at all, he doesn't pay, uh, he does not pay for uh, damages. Moshe Rav Shmuel bar Rav Yitzchak, Rav Shmuel bar Rav Yitzchak asked a challenging question. Now, by the way, the reason why yeah, it's because there's no witnesses at all. That's why you're not paying. Must have shul bar of Yitzchak. Rosh Hashanah. It's a challenging question. Kol shechayev ben chayev chayev beavad. Whatever you're going to be, whenever you're going to have to pay when your ox kills somebody who's free, you're going to have to pay when your ox kills an avid. Bein bekayfer, bein bemisa. This applies to whether there's kayfer or whether there is a chi of misa on the ox. Kayfer beavad meika says the Gemara. I never heard of kayfer on an avid. If your ox kills an avid, what do you pay? Thirty shkalim. You don't pay. Uh, you don't pay kaifer. Whoever heard of such a thing? Elalav. Rather, it must be referring to damim. It must be referring to the the damages that you need to pay. And therefore, the prices obviously is clearly saying that no matter what, you're going to have to pay for damages when an ox kills a ben chayrin when he kills a free person. And when it kill, if you're going to have to pay when it kills a free person, and we're saying that whatever you're obligated to pay by a free person applies to an evan. It's going to come out that you need to pay for an Evet too. So, Elulav Damri. Now, those who say, who Maisev Lav, who Mefarakla, some say he's the one who asked the question. He also answered. Ikadamri, the Gemara is introducing the answer. Ikadamri, those who say, Amale Rabba, Rabba says, Hachi Katani, this is what we learned in the, uh, this is what we learned in the uh, Yeshiva, we'll call it, or this is what the, the Brisa means. Whenever you have to pay by your ox killing a free person with intention, so you're going to have to pay kaifer. I'll pay edim kaifer. When there's edim, there's going to be kaifer. And in those circumstances, also, if you. I read that wrong. Let me go back for a second. This is what, this is what we mean. Anytime you're obligated when your ox kills a free person, bikavana with intention, alpi adim with witnesses, kaifer, there's a kaifer payment. Okay, again, ox did it on purpose, there's witnesses, there's kaifer payment. Then also, chayev be'evet knas. In that same circumstance, if it was intention and witnesses, but it was an evet instead of ben chayrin, so it's going to be a knas payment instead of a and if you have a case where it's a free person, but no intention with witnesses, so you have to pay uh, money. So to on the evidence, you're going to have to pay for the uh, value. Okay. Amalei Rava. Rava says. Now. Before Rav, let's just pause for a second. Make sure that uh, I just got to get my, my mind wrapped around this to keep a general view. So, what we've established is like this: When is there a responsibility to pay for damages on an ox killing? Only when there would be a kaifer payment to a ben chayrin, and only when there would be a thirty shekel payment to an eved. Follow me. When do I pay for damages? Only when there would also, if it's a mancharim, pay kaifer, and if it's an eved, pay 30 shekel. But in a case where there wouldn't be a 30 shekel payment, 
for killing Nevet. And in a case where there wouldn't be a kofar payment for killing the person, you wouldn't pay for damages. That's what we're that's how we're understanding the Bryce right now. Omar Le Rava. Rava said to him, Omar Le Rava, Rava says to him, if that's true, if somebody lights a fire by mistake, and there's witnesses, witnesses say, you lit your fire, and then the fire ended up burning down, whatever, and somebody got killed. So the Allah is Nishalim Dam. You have to pay the value. You're chay of Misa. Let's say the guy dies. You're not chay of Misa. He didn't intentionally kill somebody. But uh, you're going to have to pay for damages. Okay. Now, is there kofar? There's no kofar. Kofar is when, when uh, your, your animal kills. Right? There's no, there's no kofar by a fire going and killing. Umanale, so you see, so says Rava Taraba. According to your approach, that there's only damage payment when there's kofar payment. Um, when it comes to a person lighting a fire, you should have to pay for damages because there's no kofar even involved over here. Maybe you do pay for damages, right? Says the yeah. You lit a fire, unintentionally it spreads. So you don't need to pay. Maybe you do need to pay. Okay, now why? How does Rabbi know that you, you wouldn't pay? If you're going to learn out from the Mishnah, which states, If I set a haystack on fire and there's a goat tied to the haystack that can't run away. So I let a haystack, the goat can't run away. What's naturally going to happen to the goat? It's as if I let the goat on fire. Yeah, yeah. And there's an Evet Kanani near the haystack. Is it connected to the haystack? No. Vinisrafimai, the Abakanani gets killed along with the haystack. Why? He didn't run away. I don't know. The Allah is Chayev. The one who lit the fire is obligated to pay for the haystack and the goat. Okay? Ebed Kafaslai. If let's say, however, the Ebed Kanani was tied to the haystack, so he couldn't run away, and the goat was nearby, Vinisrafimai. Potter, you don't have to pay. Uh, you don't have to pay for the goat. Now we don't know exactly why, but the assumption here is because you're chayav misa for lighting the fire, and there's an eved that's tied to the haystacks. You basically lit the eved on fire. You're going to be misa for doing such a thing. Okay, so we're going to bring in the rule of kimle bedramine. We're just going to give the harsher punishment, and once there's a chi of uh, once there's a chi of misa, there's uh, there's n- there's no chi of uh, in payment. Says the Gemara, Hamar Ishlakish, but Ishlakish says Gigain shehitzis begufa Yishal Eved. Maybe the case is where you, uh, you you lit the servant himself on fire. The kimei bedramine. There's kimei bedramine, but the, the reason why I'm not paying is only because it's kimei bedramine. It's not a raya that you know. Uh, if there wouldn't be misa, that you don't need to pay damages. The whole reason we're trying to say. You should have to pay damage. How do you know you don't? Because if you did this, well, maybe the reason why you don't pay is because you're Chayav Misa. But in general, you would have to pay, right? But Allah says, you want to find the Allah may have the Tanya. Rather, you're right. That wouldn't be a proof. But he'll learn out, Rav will learn out from here. One of the, strict, the stringencies that, that the damage of Aish 
has over a pit is If I light a fire and the fire burns, whatever it burns, I'm chayav on. Because fires don't discriminate on what they burn. Masha'in came babar, which is not true by a pit damaging. Okay? There's times where if something gets damaged by a pit, there's not going to be a payment. For example, something that wouldn't usually break inside the pit if it breaks inside the pit. I don't need to pay on. So that's one of the strictnesses that a fire damage has over a pit damage is that I'm going to be responsible to pay uh, to pay everything. Okay, so what? It says more like this. If you're going to tell me that when it comes to a fire, you pay uh, the, the value you're going to have to pay even was unintentional. That not, I lit the fire, but it's unintentional that it spread. Masha'in came babar like a tani. We don't say masha'in came, uh, masha'in came babar. Yeah, that this is a stringency that fire has over pit. I'll tell you another stringency. You know what it is? That you have to pay when it spreads unintentionally. By a bar, there's no such thing as being obligated by unintentional. Uh, of course, you, you did it on purpose and you have to pay. So it's more a dumb ton of a shire. Maybe we just left it out. Amarava, gufei, iboi, miboilu. So it says the Gemara, you're right. We don't have a proof from there. So rather, Rava himself says like this. He says, you know, I, I'm going to discuss this Shaila. Let's get into this. Let's figure this out, says Rava. If, if a person lights a fire without intention for it to spread. Yeah, I light a candle and it spreads unintentionally. Let me figure this out. Are you responsible for payment? Are you responsible for payment? Do we say? When it comes to an axe, that if it kills in t- on purpose, the owner pays kofar. And when it does unintentional, that the, you have to pay for damages without kofar. Maybe when it comes to a fire, that even if you light a fire intentionally, there's no kofar payment. If it does unintentionally, I shouldn't have to pay anything. That's one side. Or perhaps, okay, and therefore it would be like this. Somebody lights a candle, leaves the house for a half hour, comes back and they burnt down their neighbor's house. So in such a case, you, you wouldn't have to pay according to that. Or perhaps, since when it comes to an ox that kills without intention, even though there's no kaifer payment, but you still have to pay for damages. Right? Your shar uh, damages unintentionally. You do have to pay the value of whatever it damaged. By a fire as well. Even though by kavana there's no intention, there's never intention to be covered. You should still have to pay uh, for damages. He wasn't sure, and therefore take the question. Uh, the question remains in place, and we don't have a bottom line, uh, a bottom line answer. Okay. Let us do one more two dots. We're at the two dots. Let's get to the, the let's do, uh, do just another few lines. Kiyosu Dvadimi Yom Ravechanadimi came to Bavel. He said in the name of Ravechanan Kaifer. That if an owner, if, if a muad kills somebody, the owner pays Kaifer. Matamalamar im Kaifer. What does it mean when you pay Kaifer? The rabbis Kaifer Shabbat Kavana, Kaifer Bekavana. Which teaches me that whether or not the animal had intention to kill, there's going to be a chi of kaifer, responsibility to pay kaifer. Anyway, Yomar Abayah, Abayah says, one second. El now, Evanami, when it comes to killing an Eved, Matam Lamar im Eved. It says, you know, when you kill the Eved, the rabbis, Eved, Shabbat Kavana, 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 
you, that means you're going to make the same Joshua. That you have to pay 30 shekel, whether your ox killed the Ebed with intention or without intention. You're going to tell me that's actually the halacha. It's not true. Don't tell me im kaifer means you always pay kaifer. Because im Ebed doesn't mean you always pay 30. So im doesn't mean a drusha to always pay. He says, what are you asking? It's machlaikas. It's machlaikas. One person says to darshan im kaifer that way, that you always pay. Another one, im eved doesn't. Yeah, doesn't mean that. Ki also rabbanam ravichnon eved. It says in the ox kills an eved. Matam lamer im eved. It could have just said when or if. The rabbi savage that you're going to have to pay 30 shkalim. If your ox kills an Evid. Well, Ishlakish name a Nami name, according to Ishlakish, you should say, Mid the Evid, Im Evid Le Darsh. Kaifer, Im Kaifer, Nami Le Darsh. Does that mean, according to Ishlakish, are we going to say that he doesn't make a drasha by Evid or Kaifer? Amri, Evid, Im Evid Le Darsh. Kaifer, Im Kaifer, Darsh. Im Evid, he doesn't make a drasha. Im Kaifer, he does. Says Gemara Maishna, why? Why in one Im is he learning a drasha and the other Im he's not? Eved, im Eved, like Sev Makam Tashlumim. Because when it says uh, when in Eved or if in Eved, that's not, th- th- that word im has nothing to do with the 30 shkalim. It's written in a whole different area of halachas. That's just, uh, has nothing to do with the 30 shekel fine. That's just starting out a story of an ox killing. So it has nothing, it's not connected at all to that 30 shekel payment. However, Kaifer, im Kaifer, that's referring to the payment, and therefore the way to make the drusha is to teach me that the kaifer penalty is going to come into place whether or not it was done with uh, with intention. Okay, we'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. We'll pick up on six thir- at 6.30 p.m. Zagabensh.